Good morning, Colts Nation. Welcome to a, a much frustrated day after edition, after a sad, sad loss to the Saints by our beloved Colts. I'm your host, Jeremy, as always. So uh, let's dive right into this. I've had some time to uh, calm down a little bit because I'm not gonna lie, I was uh, I was heated watching that game. It was there were some ups and downs. It was a fun game to an extent. Uh, I, I mean, there were you know it, it, it wasn't the worst thing ever. The worst thing ever was watching Tony Brown play cornerback. Um, and I feel bad saying that because look, I, I don't know Tony Brown. I don't think any of us probably know Tony Brown personally. He's probably a really nice guy. But uh, let's let's just jump right into this. He. He is not the dude, okay? Tony Brown is not the guy that can be put out there on an island and guard these receivers because obviously, like Shahid is way too fast for the dude. I, I mean, watching it, it was looking like he was getting, you know, just blown by. I don't know if maybe he was expecting help over the top and that help wasn't coming. They were rolling coverage over to uh, Michael Thomas. I have, I don't know. I, I, I don't know what they were doing with that. I don't know what he was doing. Um, but what it proved to us is Tony Brown's not the guy. The sad part is Daryl Baker Jr. Is he the guy? No, he didn't look like the guy last game either. And so we, I, everyone was all mad last game and like, you got to get Daryl Baker Jr. Out of there. The guy's terrible. We can't believe that, you know, we would play him and then we get him out of there. He didn't play a single snap this game. I don't think. I'm going to have to go back and look at the snap count, but nothing meaningful for sure. Uh, and they run with Tony Brown, and Tony Brown was absolutely terrible. Oh, my God. It was painful to watch. It was a dagger. A Shahid averaged 51 yards a catch on three catches, right? He averaged 51. That's crazy. Absolutely wild lunacy that you let a guy have 150 yards on three targets, all, I believe, on Tony Brown. So that's something we can look at uh, in the future, but I'm, I'm 90% sure it was it was all on him. I mean, Derek Carr was literally just picking on him. Now, okay, so I've gotten that out of my system and said that hey, I don't, I, I, I he's not the dude, he's not the quarterback or cornerback of the future for us. He's not the guy that's going to lead us to the promised land, right? But why was he out there? So he started the game. Everyone was mad that Daryl Baker Jr. You know, he was a really bad corner, and we can't you know have him in there. Uh, I, so I, I don't know. I think everybody saw that. Um, definitely the coaching staff, and they ended up not putting him in, putting Tony Brown in. With that, after the first time he gets absolutely burnt, I would think you've got to say to yourself, if you're Gus Bradley, I would think you've got to say, uh, we probably got to do something different, right? Well, they did nothing different, and he gets burnt a second time. At that point, Gus Bradley needs to be saying, okay, Something's gotta happen. We, 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 he's gotta rotate him out. We've gotta rotate help to him. Something, something's, it didn't happen. And Gus Bradley left him out there, left him out there again, gets burnt a third time, was amazing. Um, the dude just running all over. And that, I think it was the last one that Shahid ran. Um, when you looked at the replay, Shahid broke inside on the, uh, uh on his kind of, you know, uh, nine route there. I don't know if maybe Tony Brown thought he was going to go for the boundary right and kind of surprised him coming inside like that. I, I don't know the answer to that one. But what I will tell you is he got a, a dude's toast. And they did absolutely – Gus Bradley did nothing. So I put this entire loss 
<clears throat> we'll talk about the uh, we'll talk about the offense too. But I put this entire loss on Gus Bradley. Um, his lack of ability to scheme anything, I- anything up, something at halftime, something right. His lack of ability to scheme anything to stop that passing attack, right, and to limit the damage that Tony Brown could do. It, it just was non-existent. It, it just didn't happen. And uh, that that's completely on Gus Bradley. Um, you know, the rest of the defense, uh, it, it was suspect. The run defense was super suspect. Um, you know, we're obviously missing Big Grove inside, and he's a big part with him and Buck. Um, Buck had, you know, one uh, – had the strip sack and got the fumble. Or uh, I can't remember who it was got the fumble, but – you know, had the strip sack, got the uh, we got the fumble on that. That was great, but that was our only sack the entire game. That was it. Um, almost Derek Carr had all kinds of time back there to do whatever he wanted, and all Derek Carr wanted to do was look to where Tony Brown was and throw the ball to the dude. So, you know, it's that I, I put that whole I, I I put that whole loss on Gus Bradley. Um, yeah, could the offensive perform better? obviously, but 27 points should be enough to win you a game in the National Football League. Uh, 27 points should be enough to do it. I I was thinking, with my last prediction, I was thinking it would be 28-20 Colts win. So they almost got the 28 points that I expected, but I did not expect the defense to collapse like that. We're missing key pieces, right? I get it. Uh, but we've got to be able to scheme better for how to do that. So, you know, I, I would have been okay if they would have sold out to stop the pass and Alvin Kamara would have had 200 yards. I would, I think I would have been okay with that rather than watching Shahid catch 50-yard bombs nonstop. Um, it, the, the, it was wild. So, But Alvin Kamara still did. He still did run wild. He, uh, he, had, he had a good game. Uh, and, you know, he's everything that's advertised. Um, Alvin Kamara had, what did he have on us? Uh, 59 yards rushing right and a touchdown. And then he had another 51 uh, receiving. So, you know, he was he, he was active. Um, they, the, the, the Taysom Hill on defense. This is another piece of the defense I did not understand, right? If you watch tape on the Saints, okay, watch tape on the Saints. When Taysom Hill is in the ball game. For the most part, what does he do? He runs it. He passes every now and then. So this game, he had two pass attempts. All right, he had two pass attempts for 44 yards. But he had nine rushing attempts, right? Averaging seven yards a carry for 63 yards. How do we watch the tape and not realize that every time Taysom Hill is in, he is going to run the ball? it's, It's almost a given. He touched the ball 12 times. Nine of those were runs. And he had two rushing touchdowns. We, that's just unacceptable. It's the the defense was absolutely was horrid. Um, I, you know, so and and then we, we get some other nick. We get some other nicks and injuries like Zaire Franklin Wright with the knee. Uh, we don't know how bad that was, but obviously he came back in the game and continued to play. I mean, he's still beast mode. Tallied up fourteen tackles. He looked like he might have been a step slow on some of those, uh, or you know, t- towards the uh, second half of the game there. So. Uh, that's something to watch probably for next week. Hopefully, you know, that was just a ding. Maybe he got a little, you know, a little bruise or something on the knee. Um, but, yeah, hopefully that was – hopefully that he's okay with that. Uh, Shaq Leonard, Shaq, he looked a little bit better. Um, he had seven tackles, which, you know, he's finally uh, – did he have seven? Maybe he had 11. But either way, 
whatever he had, uh, it was, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it was better than what he's been doing. So he was, he was trying to find the football. He was in on hits. Um, you know, last couple games he's had, you know, three, four, five tackles. It just seems like he's not around the ball a lot. Um, so, and getting, you know, him getting back to finding the ball more often, I think is going to lead to him getting those turnovers that were accustomed to him. So he's kind of getting back into that stride. I think I, I hope I've been critical of Shaq. Um, and you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know if he was ever going to be the same after, you know, this injury. Um, I don't buy into the hype. Everybody talking about, Oh, he got the bag, you know, he got all his cash and he just doesn't want to play him. I, I don't buy that. These dudes are football players. These dudes love playing football. Um, I, I think he wants to play hard. I think that that injury was pretty bad. So, you know, he's he, he's coming back into it. I really want him to do well. So I don't – I have no will, ill will, obviously. I, I, I don't want to see him fail. I want to see him do well. I want to see our defense do well. But they did not yesterday. There was almost zero pressure on the damn quarterback. We've already talked about that. But this no pressure. He had all the time in the world. Um, he had all the time in the world to pick us apart. Uh, the – the Rodney Thomas interception on defense, that was, you know, uh, that could have gone either way. Uh, after watching the replay, it was obvious that, you know, it was dual, you know, dual possession. And that's, that's going to go to, that's going to go to the offense every time. But uh, that, you know, that could have been a game break. Um, you know, any more turnovers could have been game breaks. We did, on a positive note, get points off our, uh, off of our fumble or off the fumble that we recovered, which is a plus. We haven't been scoring off of turnovers that, you know, are off our turnovers that defense has been providing. So anytime we have a chance to do that, that's uh, that, that's awesome. So those guys did do that this week. But, again, that, that Gus Bradley defense, something's wrong there. Um, and he, I don't think Gus Bradley's defense has been the worst thing ever this entire season. Um, when he's got the players back there, right, when Juju Brents was in, um, when we had Dallas Flowers to start the year, um, when you've got Big Grove in there, um, you know when you don't have dudes that are hurt and you know you're not uh, you're not strapped on personnel. I don't think his defense looked terrible. I thought we have decent players. Um, some of this, you know, a, a lot of this obviously comes to Chris Ballard. There, there's zero lack of depth to the cornerback position right now. And on top of that, not only is there zero lack of depth. Um, there, there's. It seems to be there's no movement to do anything to fix it. It's just kind of a wait and hold pattern. I, I don't know what the. I, I don't know what the plan is to fix it. I don't. Obviously, I, I have no idea what they're going to do to fix it. Whether they're going to trade for somebody, sign a free agent. Um, I don't know what they're going to do. Uh, if you look at, if you look at Ballard's track record, what's he going to do? He's going to bring in somebody off somebody else's practice squad, right? And they're on the practice squad for a reason. They're not on there because they're you know superstars. That's where Tony Brown should be, um, and. He's going to bring in a dude or two off of somebody else's practice squad, and that's going to be our temporary fix. Uh, maybe we get Juju Brents back next week uh, with the defense, which would be a big leg up because I don't think Jalen Jones played terrible today um, on the other side with the corner. So I, I think him and Jalen Jones would be okay. Um, but we've got to address the cornerback one way or another, and it looks like Chris Ballard isn't isn't doing much for it. I mean, I will say the spate of injuries, we probably, you know, there, there's been – there's been a tough spate at the cornerback position for us, right? So we've had uh, we've had Dallas Flowers go down with a season end, you know season ending injury. Uh, we lost Isaiah uh, Rogers Jr. or senior. He was supposed to be a starting quarterback cornerback. 
Um, we lost him for gambling, right? So Chris Bowder cut him. So there are two starters right there that are gone immediately, right? Darius Rush, I have no idea why we got rid of Darius Rush. I, I he, he drafted him this year. Chris Ballard did, right? And he loves them picks. That's what he's, I love them picks. So he, he drafted him, but we got rid of him. So that doesn't help at all. And, and who knows? I mean, he doesn't look like he's starting anywhere else. So maybe, you know, that was the right move, but it was a bad draft pick then. Because um, I think that was a fifth rounder that we spent on him. <coughs> um, so there's been, you know, obviously um, uh, some injuries that we didn't expect. And I get that, but you got to address it. And we're just not doing anything. Um, and I'll talk, I, I'll talk later towards the end of this about what I think that means, uh, why we're not addressing it right now. Um, but I, we're just not addressing it. And, you know, going into games with Tony Brown and, and Jalen Jones, you know, as our two outside cornerbacks with Kenny on the inside, I think that is I, – I don't think that's the answer, obviously. And especially if Gus Bradley isn't going to scheme some stuff with some safety help one way or the other. Um, and if we're getting toasted underneath, you know, because uh, guys just aren't, you, you know, guys aren't playing zone well or something. I mean, it's, it's going to be rough. It's going to be really rough uh, the rest of the year. And I, I hate to be pessimistic, man. I am a fan. I am an absolute fan. I'm not like a Stephen Holder, not against Stephen. I like reading his stuff. But Stephen Holder will tell you he's not a fan. He's a journalist. He's just reporting on the Colts. He could care less whether they win or lose. Um, so I, I'm a fan. I want to see the Colts win every single freaking game. I don't believe in this whole tanking for, you know, certain people. I'm not going to complain that we got luck when we tanked for them. But, uh, I, I, you know, I, I think that's a terrible way to go about business. And, you know, trying to tank for one particular player like, you know, Marvin Harrison Jr., um, who he dude looks like a dude looks like he is him, right? He looks like the man. Uh, he, he looks like somebody that could help out our team. <clears throat> but I, I, I don't think tank is the right answer because you never know what happens with that pick. You know, he probably is, but you never know. And you waste a whole season. I mean, a whole year of fans excited about, you know, excited about this season and excited about the games. And we're going to waste it because we think we're going to get one dude. Um, that I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not on that train. So, uh, so, so with that said, um, that's, you know, our, our, our defense played absolutely horribly. Um, we, there should never have been 38 points allowed. It, it was, that is what it is right now. So th that's what I have to say about defense. All right. The defense, I think lost us this game, specifically Gus Bradley, uh, throwing a little sprinkling of Chris Ballard, not wanting to do anything, make any moves in order to get anybody in there. So, um, I, I think that did it. So let's talk O now, right? Um, the O, it, the O was perplexing as well because we know that you know that's got Coach Shane's fingerprints all over it, right? So uh, first half, JT was absolutely cooking. The dude was cooking, and I want to say that out of his ninety-four or ninety-five rushing yards that he had uh, on twelve attempts, right? 11 of those attempts came in the first half. And then for some odd reason, he didn't touch the ball but one time, right? Uh, one rushing attempt in the second half. Why? Why are we doing this? Okay? Everybody wants to everybody wants to play the game of, you know, let's play the guy with the hot hand. Why are we not feeding JT? He looks hungry. He looks like he wants to eat. The dude averaged almost eight yards a carry today. Just keep feeding him. Keep feeding him. All right. I, I don't know why we're not doing it. I get trying to spell him and saying, hey, 
Let's give you a break. We can't. You just got to keep feeding it, man. I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated with this because as fans, we kind of see it, but we don't understand the inside picture because obviously Coach Steichen doesn't, you know, he doesn't say anything at the end of the games, um, which none of the coaches say anything meaningful anyways. But uh, it, we have no idea why he decided not to. Did JD, JT get nicked up at some point? I don't think it doesn't look like he did. I mean, you know, did was he, you know, still trying to reward Moss for getting that first touchdown and saying, hey, get some more care? I, I don't know. Does he think? Do they think maybe Moss is a better, you know, uh, backing or a blocking back? Maybe. Not, not sure on any of those questions. Uh, those are all things that I think need to be answered. But uh, it's criminal that JT did not touch the ball but more than one time in the second half. And absolutely criminal, especially when the dude I think had 90 yards, maybe maybe 85ish or something like that in the first half. I mean, we have to keep feeding him. That has to be our identity right now when we don't have AR. AR being out for the season changes the entire identity of the offense, right? That run threat from the quarterback is not there. That, that run threat is not there. So we've got JT and Zach Moss, right, our backfield, and we've got Gardner. Gardner's not going to try to run it, okay? So if it, it, we have to run it through JT. That dude's our other superstar. Um, so I, I don't know why we're not doing it. I would like hopefully the next game, hopefully they see it and they, you know, they keep running the dude more. They've been ramping, they've been saying they're ramping him up every time. Last game, um, we had, you know, 18 and 18, right, between JT and Zach Moss. This game, we've got uh, 12 and 11 between JT and uh, Zach Moss. So another 50 50 split, pretty much, um, you know, on, on JT's side. So hopefully they keep ramping him up. Um, it, I mean, because with Gardner Minshew, he's the, he's the next piece to talk about, right? So Gardner Minshew, he didn't look terrible in the first half. Um, you know, he he, he was kind of dealing a little bit. I thought he, he looked actually pretty good. Um, but obviously, you're going to get that one interception. It's like he's he's got to throw it. He's got to get a turnover somewhere. That's, that's just what it seems like. I mean, that was just that, – that pass to Pitt was ill-timed, obviously. I don't know if they miscommunicated or while he was running. See, this is the this is the this is what perplexes you about Gardner Minshew, right? He's running. He, I believe he's rolling out to the right when he throws that pass to Pitt and it gets intercepted, right? It looks like one of two things: either him and Pitt weren't on the same page with where uh, with where he thought Pittman was going to be, or that ball was a duck and just didn't go where he wanted it to go, right? Um, I, I kind of, I, I tend to lean, I, I kind of tend to lean towards the idea that that was probably just a bad throw. Um, but then you look at the, you look at the touchdown to Ogletree in the fourth quarter, right? He rolling out to his right again on the run. He put that ball 33 yards down the field in the only spot it could have been. Watch that replay. I mean, it, there, there's only one spot that could have been to give Ogletree a chance to catch that ball, and he puts it on the money. So I, it's perplexing. Because you get that from him at one point, then you get the random weird pit interception, you know, at the other point. Um, you could tell that he was trying to hold on the ball a little bit better this week. You could see the two hands on the ball in the pocket. Um, I don't know, maybe that was stifling. He's he, he can't sit in the pocket. Uh, that dude, after two seconds, man, he is looking to get out and to move and to make something else happen. Um, and our line isn't doing, you know, our, our line isn't helping him much. You know, are there opportunities for him to step up in the pocket? Maybe, yeah. Um, you know, if he could step up and, you know, those blocks form around, around him, yeah, maybe. But 
he's got like two seconds and he's got to get the ball out, right? And so what does that mean? Those long plays downfield are really hard to develop, okay? Um, for one of those long plays downfield to develop, uh, he's got to get outside the pocket and he's got to make something happen on the move. Um, everything from the pocket you see are quick hitters. You know, it's going to Josh Downs, uh, Pittman on crossing routes, uh, Pierce on crossing routes. Um, it, 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 everything's going short um, when he's in the pocket because he, he's getting the ball out uh, as fast as humanly possible. And I don't blame him. Like I said, our, our line is not doing him too many favors, man. There seems to be pressure all over him. Um, I mean, he only took two sacks, but it just seemed like he was pressured a lot. Uh, and he had the he had the one that was almost he had the one throw that was almost a fumble. Uh, that obviously on replay, you know, you could tell that was a poor pass. But uh, I don't think he played bad enough to lose us that game. That's the that that's my point right now. With uh, when you look at the offense and the defense, right, and kind of who's to blame and who's not to blame, and you know where do we need improvement and stuff. I don't think he played enough bad. I don't think he played bad enough to lose us the game. Um, he wasn't super efficient. I mean, he was twenty three or forty one. Right for only 213 yards at nine yards, uh, or you know, nine yards of completion, not super efficient there. Um, but he didn't, he, it wasn't the worst game of his career, not like the last two where he had, you know, he's thrown four touch or throw, four turnovers a game. So, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, and our receivers, I think our receivers are actually, you know, they're not terrible, they're, they're pretty good. I mean, we need to extend Pitt first off, Pitt needs an extension. That dude, you know, he <laughs> he complained after the last game. Uh, saying he wasn't a big part of the offense, came back, walked that back a little bit, said, "Hey, uh, maybe you know, I, I, I'm a little bit of a hothead, and I don't like to lose, so sorry, I didn't, I didn't quite mean that. I know I'm a big part of the offense." And look what happens. They come out. He get 13 targets, right? He was targeted the most, and I think like the first eight passing plays were like all going to Pittman. It was absolutely wild when you watched it because you could see, like, okay, they uh, Pitt had talked to Gardner and said, "Give me the ball." So you know, the first <laughs> it was like the first eight, maybe maybe six, I don't know, plays, but they all went to Pitt. Um, and you know, I, he only had 40 yards, but he had eight receptions. Um, but I think that was part of the game. Once again, it's, you know, you're not going to get those long developing plays down there with our line doing what it's doing right now. Um, uh, with Gardner trying to get the ball out as fast as he is, you're just not going to get some of these really long developing plays. Um, that especially not like Derek Carr was getting right. I mean, shit, he had three to Shahid for 50 each, you know, and those were sitting in the pocket for the most part. So we're not going to get those. Um, Alec Pierce, I thought, looked, you know, I, I didn't think Alec Pierce looked bad. Um, Alec Pierce, you know, three catches, 41 yards. Uh, he had some, I, I, I think he had some tough grabs. That that little hitch play towards the end, it's not, a, it wasn't a hitch, it was a drag where, and then he kind of stopped, or he kind of, you know, took just a little giddy in his step uh, and, and, and slacked off one step. Gardner threw it a little bit. Um, uh, that one, I think, went in front of him, um, too far in front of him. So, basically, you know, either Alec needed to keep running or Gardner put it too far in front of him. I don't, I, I don't know what the play concept there was. But either way, I mean, he catches that. That's probably, you know, that's probably a touchdown. I mean, he had a lot of green in front of him, and I think we were on, like, the 30-yard line. So, um, you know, I, there's a small chance that was a touchdown. But uh, Pierce didn't play bad. He had some tough catches. Um you know, and I think the one that they called back uh, that was that he grabbed, uh, I, I I think that was a catch. I mean, his hand was under the ball. I don't know what else you got to do, but his hand was under the ball. Um, he had possession of it. So I, I think that should have been a catch, but didn't matter what I think. Uh, and then Downs, obviously Downs is showing every week right now that Downs is him. Downs is the dude, man. We That is, a, that is an absolute find 
in the draft. An absolute find. Um, he 72 yards, uh, 72 yards, seven receptions, right? Nine targets. So he's catching damn near everything that's coming at him. He did have that one drop, uh, a little lack of concentration probably, but um, but he's catching it all. I, I think he's got a good rapport with Gardner right now. I really hope that a he continues to build on this the rest of the season, right? Because he just looks like he just looks like a player. I mean, it, it, I, I love watching him play. Um, but I hope that that carries over to when AR comes back next year. AR comes back next year, and Josh Downs, you know, has a year under his belt. Um, you know, Michael Pittman's still there because uh, we've extended him. Hopefully, uh, whether or not we—I mean, I'm, we'll probably keep Alec Pierce because he's pro- he's still on his rookie deal, I think. So. Um, I don't think there's any benefit really to getting rid of him, but uh, I, 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 that's not a terrible receiving core, man. That is not that's not bad at all. Um, I, but Downs is going to be a superstar. Downs is going to be an absolute superstar uh, in the NFL, and he's showing that right now every week. Um, our our tight ends, good God, our tight ends. Uh, again, they had I think a total of seven targets out of the 42 or 41 attempts that Gardner had. Um, that's not too terrible. I think that's like 17% of the targets. Uh, at the same time, I think they only had like, they, they have one, two, I think three catches out of all that, right? Um, so they only they, they only had three catches. Uh, the, obviously, the Ogletree one was big. Ogletree looks like he's going to be a star. Um, Mo Alley Cox, man, he's an enigma because I mean, we've seen what he is. You know, we've had him for years now. Um, I, I feel like there's times where the dude catches the ball and his hands just look so soft. Like, they, his hands are so big, but they look so soft and they just envelop that football, right? And it just looks so natural, him catching that thing. And, you know, whether he's, whether he's jumping, you know, at the end zone uh, for a touchdown or, um, you know, whether he's coming across the middle, there's times where it just looks really effortless for him. And then there's times where it looks like his hands are just giant bricks and they just balls hit him and they fall off. Um, I, Mo Alleycox is an enigma for me. Um, I don't know. But Ogletree looks like he's going to be a boss. Um, uh, Mallory, he caught one for six. He's not – I, I want to see him get more involved in the in the pass game. Um, I don't I, I don't think that's where Shane Steichen is right yet. I think, uh, I think Steichen, because of everything we've got going on, you know, between – uh, you know, Freeland at right tackle as a rookie, and um, even Raymond, even though he's holding his own, I think, you know, second year on the left side. Uh, he, I, I think they're, I think Steichen wants to keep in some of those tight ends to help block a lot more than they should, or a lot more than, you know, we probably want to see because we want to see them go out and catch passes. But, so I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know what the answer is at tight end, but, you know, hopefully Jelani Wood come back, and I think a combination of Jelani Woods and Ogletree is going to be pretty tough. Jelani Woods showed some so, showed some flash last year, um, so I, I, I think that I think that's going to be a dynamic combination between Ogletree and him, um, and I think that's the future going forward. Um, but yeah, I, that standout wise, that's that's really it on the on the players. I mean, I know that that seemed like a lot, I guess, but you know. Feed JT, man. Why are we not doing that? That goes, you know, that leads into the kind of what I wanted to talk about next was the play calling. And why, I understand we were coming from behind a little bit, right? I mean, the first half was 20 to 21. Um, the second half, they got up on us, and then, you know, we started throwing the ball. But with Gardner Minshew, why are we throwing the ball 41 times? 
Why are we tossing that rock 41 times, right? Why are we not feeding JT, all right? Give JT the ball 20, 22 times a game. Just give it to him, all right? I, that's, I, I think that's our key to winning. Um, I think if, you know, we're going to rely on Gardner Minshew, Gardner Minshew 41 times a game, I, there's not a lot of games we're going to win. Uh, that's just, you know, that's my opinion, obviously. But I, I just don't think that that is – that's the answer to our woes. Um, obviously, I like seeing the – I love seeing the wide receivers get the yards they're getting or some of the yards they're getting. I like Josh Down going to work, but I think we can be more efficient with that. And I think we can give JT the rock more. I think the more that we feed JT, the more it's going to open up some of those pass lanes. Um, and we're gonna, it's not going to be as one-dimensional. But And we've already talked to death about Gus Bradley. So um, there's no need to talk more about that. You guys know where I stand on that. I think I think the vast majority of Coles Nation is on the same, you know, they're on the same bus with that one. Um, that was just a really bad defensive game. All right. Uh, so the injury front, um, obviously, Juju Brents was out today. Um, hopefully we get him back next week. Uh, there were all kinds of guys getting injuries uh, today. Well, they're kind of minimal, but it, it seemed like it was happening a lot more than normal again. But we're the Colts, so we're snake bit. Yeah, Gardner Minshew pulled up um, and on a – it was like a really awkward uh, run-pass option, and he decided he was going to throw it last minute, but then he was going to run it. It, 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 he, it came up limping on it, right? Um, I'm, I'm kind of surprised he stayed in. So <clears throat> he was able to do that, uh, and he continued the rest of the game. So I'm sure that's nothing serious. But it's the Colts, and we have the injury history, so it's something to watch. Um, Zaire Franklin is the bigger one. Uh, so he went into the tent and then ended up uh, going back to the locker room. He came out and played the rest of the game, still ended up with 14 tackles, still beast mode. Um, I don't know if that hobbled him just a little bit, man, just a little bit slower. But, you know, he's, he's the heart and soul of the defense. And we need him out there, so we cannot have him hurt. So um, I'm glad to see that, you know, he at least played out the rest of the game. So I, I'm going to guess that, you know, he's going to be good for the – he's going to be good for next week. But we'll see what this week brings. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I, when I was in the Marine Corps, you get done – you know, you get done doing a 10-, 15-mile hike uh, and your feet, your legs, everything cramps up and hurts. So I'm, I'm sure they're going to have some – you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sure tomorrow is going to be a rough one for them. Or today, so we'll see where they're at. Uh, but hopefully, we get some dudes back. Thank God, Kenny Kenny Moore didn't look like he stayed hurt uh, when he was down for a little bit. Um, so I we, we might have got out of this kind of clean. Hopefully, uh, hopefully no one gets concussions <laughs> at practice. It's just crazy. So all right. So last thing I think we'll talk about today, um, mostly because we're coming up on it next week. I think. I gotta look at the exact date, man. I, I feel bad. I don't know this, but um, trade the trade deadline's coming up this week. I've seen a ton of talk, a ton of talk about we should be sellers, we should be buyers. Who should we trade? You know, who should we put on the trade block? My, I think my favorite one that I saw on Twitter was uh, the Eagles. Someone was reporting that the Eagles have a lot of, you know, they really like Kenny Moore. Yeah, that's a that that's a given. Everybody likes Kenny Moore, right? That doesn't mean he's available. I'm sure the Colts really really like AJ Brown. Doesn't mean AJ Brown's available, right? Um, I don't. There's the, I don't understand the concept of us wanting to give away Kenny. There's 
why would we give up Kenny Moore? The dude is a stud. He's been a stud. He's probably still going to be a stud for years to come. Um, I, I, he is someone that I don't know why we would give up. Same thing with, you know, why would we trade? I think we need to keep Moss and JT. Um, you know, maybe Moss, okay? Maybe, maybe Moss would be something that you could work a trade with simply because JT is back. But I like the idea of having that two-headed snake in the backfield. Um, and, you know, even if even if I'm advocating for JT to run a more, which, you know, I did plenty earlier, uh, Zach Moss still, he still brings something when he comes in. So I like, ha- I like seeing both of those in there. Um, I don't think anyone's going to trade Gardner, uh, even though there's teams like Kirk Cousins just got hurt and he's going to, he's out for the rest of the season. looks like an Achilles tear. Um, but I don't see them trading Gardner. I I see some teams calling to see if Gardner's available, but I can't, I can't imagine us rocking, um, Sam Ellinger the rest of the season. Uh, if we did that, if we traded Gardner Minshew, that, that, okay. So so there's a couple scenarios here with these trades, right? And, And when I say scenarios, I'm talking about what Chris Ballard does. Um, if Chris Ballard does nothing on the cornerback front, right? He doesn't bring in a veteran. He doesn't trade for somebody. Um, and he really just sits on it and does nothing. At that point, I truly think Chris Ballard has given up on the season, right? And I would say the same if he decided to trade any of the big pieces as well, right? If he decided to get rid of Gardner Minshew, um, you know, trade him to somebody, uh, and, uh, you know, we're seeing Sam Ellinger the rest of the year, I, at that point, I would say that Chris Bowder's given up on the season, and he loves them picks. So he's gonna, he, you know, he, he wants some draft picks in order, you know, in order to go into the next uh, next draft. Um, what I don't see is I, we're probably gonna finish somewhere around like I don't know seven and ten, right? Um, maybe eight and nine if we're lucky. Uh, that that that's where I see us finish. Maybe I, I, I don't know. May, maybe six and six and eleven, but that doesn't put us in Marvin Harrison Jr. zone, which is what everybody wants, right? Marvin Harrison Jr. He's got to go top three. I'm thinking. Um, I don't think he's been a number one pick on a wide receiver. Although he seems he looks to be a generational talent. Um, he looks to be. I, I'm an Ohio State fan as well, so he looks to be a really good when you're watching him. Um, but at the same time, a lot of these college, college players look really good when you're watching them because they're playing against – they're not playing against, you know, all NFL caliber talent all the time. So, uh, so but I, I don't think trading some of these dudes gets us in that, you know, gets us in range to go get him. Um, nor has Chris Ballard ever really shown that he's the type of guy that is willing to, you know, give up huge draft capital to move up to get somebody. Now, I did give up a first in order to get DeForest Buckner. Which is a great move, obviously. DeForest is a, you know, Buckner's a great player. I mean, that dude is a building block on our line. Um, you know, he needs to stay until he retires. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'll, I'll die on that hill. That's fine. There's no trade in Buckner, but he needs to, he needs to stay until he retires. So he gave up a first for that, but I, I don't know. I, I don't see him, you know, making these big moves up. Um, they did the same thing when they picked up AR. I'm glad they picked up AR, but they stuck where they were with their pick. They didn't. Uh, they they didn't move up to go. You know, pick up AR. They didn't move up to go get Will Levis or, uh, you know, or CJ Stroud. They stuck where they were. So that's kind of you know the same game plan that I see that I see Ballard doing every single draft. It seems like, and I know last year we picked up AR, but it's like he wants to move down and get more picks in the in the fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh round. And um, that's great. But where's that getting you? We got Zaire Franklin out of the seventh round. Awesome. 
Well, what else we got kicking right now? Darius Rush? You picked up Darius Rush, and then you just let him go. And uh, he's just gone. <laughs> Can't get that one back. Um, you know, there's I, – I, I don't know, man. It, it, it's Chris Ballard's draft strategy, and that's on him. I love watching the behind the cold – or, you know, um, the, the draft thing that they do. Uh, every year pre-draft the Colts uh, the Colts PR team does a great job with those videos I, I like watching some of their thinking behind it I don't think he gives up too much so I don't think we have any clue what they're thinking that's my that's my favorite my, my favorite line with the draft is uh, is, is Chris Ballard they'll pick the guy right so they picked AR they're like that's exactly who we wanted right at that bro you would have said that's exactly who you wanted at that spot no matter who you picked you're not gonna say fuck we, we didn't get that guy we should have got this one Oops, my bad. They're not gonna say that, so they don't give anything away. But I like watching the I like watching the process behind it all. So, but the, so back, I digress. Back to trading all our dudes. Um, you know, everybody, people on Twitter thinking we need to have a fire sale. That's not that, that's not it at all. But if Ballard doesn't do something to address the cornerback situation at all, right? If he does nothing, he's given up on the season. If he trades one of our big pieces, he's given up on the season. The season. That's that, that, that's the way I see that. Um, because with the talent that we have right now, we don't have any big pieces that we can afford to let go and then continue to, you know, rock out for the rest of the year. It's not like we can get a Patrick Sertain, um, but we've gotten rid of our quarterback. Or, well, we wouldn't get rid of him for that. Or, But we've given up two first-round picks or something. Um, that I don't know. I, I don't see that happening. <sighs> big splash moves are fun, but I, I just don't see him doing it, uh, especially after – you know, all the quarterback carousel they've done with the big splash moves, going to get Carson Wentz, going to get Matt Ryan, um, getting Phillip Rivers, you know. it's They've made some of these big splash moves that didn't pay out, and they might just have, you know, buyer's remorse and um, a little shell shock from doing that. So I, I don't know. I, I don't see him doing it. But, yeah, oh, well, prove me wrong. I have no idea. But, all right, that's the frustrated day after cast, man. Man, we should have won that Saints game. I, I know we should win every game. I get that. But that's – we could have won that game, and Gus Bradley's defense didn't let us do it. His scheming. His scheming. I, I, again, man, we don't don't direct our anger at Tony Brown, okay? Tony Brown just can't cover – he can't play that position. That's just not for him. And instead of Gus Bradley saying, don't get cooked, he let him out there to get cooked, all right, and let him out there to look bad. And I kind of feel bad for Tony Brown with that. Now, Tony Brown did have a stupid penalty with that freaking face mask. Um and that's absolutely, you know, brain fart to lapse. But the, Tony Brown can't play that, you know, that, at the NFL level, right, as a starting caliber human, that is not his That is not his game. Gus Bradley should have recognized that. So we're, we shouldn't be directing anger at Tony Brown, man. Um, direct, that, direct that right at Gus Bradley. So, all right, everyone. Well, um, you know, I, I hope everyone has a good week. Uh, let's hope for, uh, you know, we got the Panthers coming. Or uh, I think we're going to the Panthers, sorry. But we're playing the Panthers. Uh, they just got their first win today. I don't know. I, I, I would like to think maybe we could do something against them. But right now, you never know. I, I have no idea, man. This could be a lopsided win for the Colts. This could be a lopsided win for uh, the Panthers. This could be a, you know, a 9-9 a, a game, you know, a real barn burner. So I, who, who knows at this point. Um, I'm going to look at the Panthers a little bit more and then do some more podcasts later this week. But I appreciate you all tuning in. I will. Uh, I'll try to get at least another podcast out come uh, Wednesday or Thursday. Uh, I'm kind of you know working on my schedule for this. So like I said, I appreciate y'all listening and tuning in. Uh, for those of y'all that do, um, try to. I'll try to get on a regular schedule. But 
I do what I can. So, all right, everybody, y'all have a great week, and we'll talk at you later.